0: ho 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 and welcome in to the empire dynasty league podcast christmas eve everyone sunday the 24th of december i'm your host ben joined by my co-host christopher keen how you doing man
1: good mate we are back sorry it's been a couple of weeks i reckon since i've been on um and but uh, facing the music today mate i don't want to shy away from my poor EBL playoff record, but we're here to face the music and we're here to talk about the remaining four players left in this uh, league for year number four. So pretty excited on uh, Christmas Eve to get through this. Well,
0: I've got to say, welcome back from uh, being on your deathbed. I know Hod's been putting it out there to the world that you've been recovering from thrush every time you miss a pod. Can you confirm or deny
1: well, I just went to the chemist before, actually. So the the uh, the ointments and creams you can get these days are <laughs> revolutionary. So I'm back.
0: It's a Christmas miracle. Well, it is. Speaking of our resident uh, doctor, who sees a white polished floor, as Manny would put it, and then have all the expertise in the world. He's not on today. He's uh, he's tied up. Christmas has well and truly snuck up on the bloke and couldn't be on. But we couldn't just have the two of us talk. Uh, they'd be too one sided. So we need to get the most polarizing bloke we could find on the podcast today. Someone's at the door, Keeney. And it pains me to welcome in the uh, champ champ himself going for the champ 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 title. OJ's legal team manager. How you doing, Jake?
2: I'm always doing okay. It pains you to have me. (laughs) I'm the most polarizing. You're comparing me to blokes like Papa and you call me the most polarizing, and then it the pains you. So yeah. I was doing fine, but I think I want to leave.
0: You're, that's your words saying I'm comparing you to Papa. I don't know when i mentioned that. But uh, no, most polarizing in the sense that you've got the bloke that you knocked off last week who's as flat as attack after uh, the sixth seed just swans on in and gets the high score. of. I'll, I'll let the stats man go into when he, the last time you might have uh, pulled out a score similar to that. But... Uh, and then also you're up against me and I'm officially an underdog now. So that's why you're polarizing, <laughs> my friend, is that uh, your fucking team is just every chance to do what it always does when it sneaks into the playoffs.
1: I was going to say, obviously we had the great Stephen Mann, uh, us with his presence last week on the pod. And what a pot it was. i got to say, boys, I thought it was fantastic. But with hot out this week, Benny, and – and our man Jake coming in, we know there's a bit of friction between the two, and it, and Vod reckons he's only really speaking up when he's up and about and at this time of year, and when he sniffs another ring, then we start to hear a bit from him. Is this going to make his blood boil that he's joined the podcast <laughs> in prelim week and we haven't heard from him all year? It's unbelievable timing. Is...
2: Yeah, look, Hod H- H- will probably have something uh, fair to say about it, and I do understand the polarizing comment. I would definitely uh, consider myself enemy number one <laughs> for uh, for the two of you coming into into this week. But Hod Hod H- doesn't actually know what he's talking about. Hod talks absolute garbage for for eighteen weeks in a row, and then wants to talk about the fact that my uh, my content on sleeper specifically is not up to par. So he's he's missed more podcasts than this year than. Fucking I've had hot dinners and I want to talk about <laughs> like, a little bit of content in the chat. Spare me. Wrong chat though. Like
1: we're not, we're not it's about true. the sleeper chat. I oh, agree. We don't have messenger chat.
0: We don't have the, uh, the ability to track the messenger messages like you do on sleeper. But I've got to say that you have popped up in the messenger chat far more in this past week and a bit than you have throughout the season. You've got to admit that, don't you?
2: I have to, I certainly admit that, and, and it pains me to say, but that's in response to Hodick calling me out and saying that I'm you know, no longer a valued member of the team or certainly not voicing my opinion enough. So if that's what he wants to get, that's what he's going to get.
1: I actually think this is just experience playing out in front of our very eyes. He's done this many times. It's <laughs> keep the low profile during the year. No one really talks about him too much. We we all thought, oh, he's not much of a threat. He might limp into the into the sixth seed. And as soon as we realised he actually did limp it into the sixth seed, I think we all just went, fuck. The sphincter just tightened. Again. That's for oh, sure. Oh, I did it ever. <laughs> and then when Jacoby Meyer starts throwing touchdowns up 49-0, then the sphincter <laughs> fully started quivering. It's... Ben, and I needed to go back to the chemist to fix the quivering. <laughs> you needed some more <laughs> ointments, mate. <laughs> mate, it was unbelievable.
0: Oh, shit. Well, uh, we will get into recapping your game because I reckon – I know our co-host pretty well here, Jake, and it's fair to say that this guy has probably stewed uh, and probably written copious amounts of notes and stats to maybe justify just how ridiculous you knocking off him in the first week of the playoffs might have been. I'm I'm going to just go out on a limb here and guess that. But before we do, we have been, um, been going through some top threes throughout the year, and I know that you've been listening because you always listen into a pod. Any uh, – do you care to sort of weigh in on any of the top threes, give your hot takes, whether it be chocolate bars, chips, Christmas movies since we are on Christmas Ooh. Eve? Have you got like a tradition?
2: The, the Christmas movies, one, mm. was certainly close to home. Um, my, uh, my wife, of course, actually has a thing on her Instagram where she rates Christmas movies. I think HOD is a big really? fan. Right. Yeah, so I was never going to put it in the group chat, but I didn't want to uh, – and sort of self-promote too much. But, no, it's a very big uh, thing in their household. I, um, I reckon there was a couple of notable mentions. Uh, is, it, is it Jingle All The Way, Donald Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I've had mm-hmm. it up to here with the yeah. double
0: man. Oh,
2: double man. <laughs> that, I reckon that's a really, that really a re- underrated one, which didn't get enough love at the time. But I, I kind of liked uh, a lot of the other top threes. Chips was also a bit polarizing for me, I must say. Chips is something I'm very, very fond of. <laughs> Um, I like the barbecue sandboy edition. I thought that was a really, really top draw. Um, you know, unique selection. Yeah. Uh, I probably can't get around all the mission corn chips. If you're going to go a corn chip, give me a Dorito and make sure that it's uh, nacho cheese. That's some flavour. Yeah, just just hit me with some some reality because other ones taste a little bit more like cardboard. They don't have yeah. the same mouthfeel as a Dorito. <laughs> well, we've like gotta, we got to we got to have mission. like a full
0: category of scoring
2: system: <laughs> mouthfeel, flavour. Yeah. Um, and are, I'm probably not the the right person for the Macca's. I probably don't have enough Macca's yeah, in comparison Maccas. to some of the other fast foods. I'm more of a KFC, Hungry Jacks, Red Rooster operator over a oh, Macca's. You've you won you me over with can, the Red
0: Rooster comment there. That is yeah. that is
1: underrated. I, I thought you were going to say you didn't have as much experience with Macca's as some of the other fat shits. <laughs> believe, but I'm glad you clarified it with other fast food. <laughs> Yeah. Look, All right. Well, no, since
0: that's not my place. Since your wife is a connoisseur for Christmas movies, what mm-hmm. I'm guessing you're going to have a go to tonight. It's part of a Christmas Eve sit down. Yep. What have you got teed up tonight?
2: Alf. Alf is always mm. Christmas Eve. Right. Uh, Alf is top drawer. Ten out of ten. I, I really don't think there's too many others that um are on the same level as, as Alf. Did you ever think well, that
0: you and Maddie Mack would uh, share so much in common?
2: Oh, I already know that we share so much in common. Oh, <laughs> so um, it was not a surprise whatsoever that uh, we just share, share many common oh, interests. Nice little half volley
1: outside off stump there, just to <laughs> Jesus. get him off the mark. Hey, you know Ben, I was never involved in the uh, Christmas power rankings. Oh, was, that's right. I was off, so I was hoping you'd throw to me. But I'm going to just talk anyway. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, I think I think with any sort of Christmas power ranking, I think the nostalgia of the Christmas movie, When You Grew Up, is, is basically what it's all about. It's not about how good the movie is. It's about yeah. when you remember as a
0: kid, and I reckon... Manny got that like, with the Sesame Street uh,
1: one that he no listed, doubt. absolutely. And I, I'm i not going to be able to compete with his AI uh, Christmas <laughs> script, which was phenomenal, but like Jingle All The Way is a really good <laughs> nomination. I think The Santa Claus by Tim Allen, with Tim Allen in it, you know, Tim the Tool Man Allen, how yep. he did a little... Christmas series that was a bit that was one that got a good run, but I think mm-hmm. Elf's definitely in there. Love Actually's got to be in there, and for me, the maybe the controversial take that that you guys didn't really discuss was for mine. Home Alone Two is a much Ooh. better movie than Home Alone One, and that for me sits at the top of my Christmas power rankings. I do have a few issues with it, having watched it the other night, namely the fact that the whole plot of uh, Home Alone Two of not making it to the airport was that. Um, the, the dad pulled out the power cord before they went to bed. <laughs> now there's 58 people in that house, and no one else set an alarm. I just <laughs> can't understand why everyone slept in. Like it's it's fine for one household to sleep in. The power didn't go out. Yeah. It was just that he pulled the cord. Although, so why why is, uh, why is Uncle Frank sleeping in? Well, because
0: he's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what, <Well>, obviously. <laughs>
0: I feel like after the first movie, the rest of the family are just giant pieces of shit that heavily rely on whatever the fuck the dad does for a living that can afford to take all of them overseas. And I think Matt brought that up um, as well. So yeah, I think it checks out because they're all fucking leeches that just leech off him with home alone. Number two. Oh yeah. I'm with you. It's, Probably one that if I had my time again I would flip it just because of the whole New York feel to it. Yeah. When definitely when we went to New York for Christmas it was bringing back lots of uh, memories of home alone there. Probably not the um, mm-hmm. World Trade Center, but on a separate note, I, um, yeah. I actually I actually
1: think it's. I was yeah. going to say I actually think outside of maybe Back to the Future, it's the best sequel ever, and mm. maybe oh. maybe Toy Story, Terminator but Two. It's, is
0: rocky like, Two? because tell how many people have actually watched the first terminator there's a lot of people that don't even realize that that's the sequel and that's got to be on its own separate thing because it's just an entirely better movie than the first
1: i just think that it's just a short list of for mine sequels that's better than the original yeah they're rare it's, it's but right you're right for me.
0: back to the future 2 home alone 2 and or at <laughs> least that hold their own against the first one too <laughs> what did you say
2: the three ninjas. The three ninjas. <laughs>
0: Were they and, go to Magic then, Mountain
2: or
1: <laughs> no? That's the third one. No, that,
2: that was number four.
1: That oh, was at four.
2: Hey, <laughs> can you, I? bring- last? Po- oh, Who last
1: pod said that Home Alone three was good? This that is this is what shocking. I wanted to bring up,
0: right? Hod brought this up, and because <laughs> because I chicken I couldn't it's remember shocking. that, <laughs> I ended up watching someone was recapping Home Alone three. And um, it's just happened by chance after Hod mentioned it. It doesn't even happen at Christmas time. So his number no. one Christmas movie is a he's fucking farce. Got, he's just got chicken pox and he's at home from school. Yeah, That's it's all it like, is. I don't know, late Jan, early Feb, yeah, it's something good. like that. It's, I think it's, it's snow 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 a joke. And also it. the best so part about, Christmas. you know, Home Alone 1 and 2, it's like a couple of bumbling, you know, um, thieves it that is. sort of happen to like come across. Number three, they're like fucking um, arms dealers working with North Korea for some like secret warship thing. <laughs> like it goes on a whole nother fucking level for Home Alone. It's, like, very,
2: it's very Fast and the Furious. Yes. All sudden, yeah, like, all of a sudden the rocks in it,
0: they're jumping across <laughs> freeways to getting stopped by cars. Um, yeah. Maybe we could do a no. Fast and no. Furious power ranking. That would be a good one.
2: Oh, that's a, that's a really tough one to do. But no, Hod's, uh, <laughs> Hod's comment for Home Alone 3 was... In line with the Brazilian nut, it was just somewhere to be really far out there. They go, "Ooh, a little bit of complexity to the man." No, you're a fucking idiot. In fairness, okay.
1: the Brazilian nut started all this. So,
2: <laughs> I
0: um I happen to have a recording, Jake, of you when Hod uh, announced his number one Christmas movie pick.
2: Are you fucking mad? <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm that was actually repeated in my car while driving.
0: When he announced didn't it. Need
2: the sound, didn't need the button. It was just 100%. Same hey, now, pitch. now that we've Same got evening. you
0: on, the um, the few little drive-bys that Manny gave you last week, yeah. how are we uh, responding to that?
2: Um, I probably don't need too many uh, verbal responses. I think Will Levis is doing a good enough job of showing that I was right and he, he was wrong all on his own. Uh, I can't even remember the other shit that he said, to be honest. The one that really stuck with me, that really annoyed me the most, was commenting that Will Levis was apparently something. Uh, Will Levis was nothing more than a third-round rookie pick, is what he should have been. And he gets taken in the first round, gets locked into a situation, and he's going to fuck it up because he's not very good. That's just the reality. Will Levis is not good at football. So, I mean, you can enjoy him. I'd much prefer to be starting uh, Mitch Trubisky on my off week than having to start fucking Will <laughs> Levis. So put it that way.
0: Straight swap any of your middling QBs for Will Levis, would you do it? Or just out of principle, no?
2: Uh, I could probably take him for Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> yeah, fucked. You're a <laughs> dickhead. Or, or DeVito, to be honest. DeVito, De Heineke, just
0: about keep... fucking any of them.
2: No, no. I w- I w- I'd be keeping Heineke. Heineke's done some really good things for OJ's little. Team, so he's not going
0: there. I'm getting confused. Have we have we got um, Jake on the podcast or the DFF? Who have we got on here, Keno? Because he's he's now just saying he's going to keep players based off their past experiences. Jesus yeah,
1: the, Christ! The Will Levis things are interesting because they're yeah you know, they're five and nine. Moving on from Tannehill, he'll get a full go at it next year, at, and and we'll soon find out. So he's one of those ones where. Yeah, do you look to sell him before you find out or do you wait and see? And, well,
0: I mean, how much is a sample size? size? He, he goes
1: just really quickly here. His first game
0: against Atlanta just comes out, sets the world on fire. QB six for the week. Then QB 21, QB 26, 20, 31, 17,
1: 15, 18. It's... Yeah, I mean, that's sort of my theory on a lot of, you know, first start QBs where there's not much tape on them they often perform okay in their first um, couple of the league yeah. figures once the league figures them out yep. um if they're not you know if they're not elite at something they'll be found out pretty quickly so jury's definitely still out i wouldn't write him off completely i was in in a similar um thought process as you jake i wasn't a huge fan of him coming out and neither was the rest of the nfl in fairness so that's uh that's all there is no. to it
2: my my genuine comparison for Will Levis is Drew Locke. Uh, yeah. like that's where I sort of see his his ceiling. But he's gonna he's probably gonna get a year or two with an opportunity, and he'll have moments of oh he could be something. But I just don't think he's uh, rounded off enough with a good enough skill set to actually be anything super in in the NFL. Like it's just my personal humble opinion. But you can keep riding him if you want. It reminds
1: me of Tim Tebow a bit.
2: And Kibo was more
0: of a winner. <laughs> well, both are on Manny's roster right. still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
2: <laughs> Who would have thought? Huh?
0: Well, let's uh, let's quickly jump into the recaps here. We, uh, we've got two games that we'll get through here, and we'll start with, I think, the Grouse and OJ's legal team. Uh, the legal team ripping out a 170.16 to defeat the Grouse, 123.32. Um just a bit under your projection there, Keeney, and just a tad over yours there, Jake, in terms of what Sleeper had projected for you. So who wants to kick it off? Do we want to uh do we want the winner to talk about just what worked for him or do we want the loser to uh just sort of justify what went wrong?
1: No, I think Jake can Jake can talk through is the winner. So well talk us through first of all. I think Trubisky and Mullins were the two interesting starts and um, I suppose the stack with Addison was something that I certainly didn't need on a Sunday morning, but I certainly got a full glimpse of. Um, talk us talk us through some of those start-sit decisions, because you had a couple.
2: Um, yeah, to be honest, Mullins, once I knew Mullins was playing, I was going to throw the sort of the Hail Mary, if you like, and play the stack, uh, knowing that my team doesn't have Quite the firepower, I think. There's that yours does, and a week to week, I thought I needed to probably throw a fair bit out there. So Mullins was going to get to go with Addison, uh, probably a fair way out. Uh, the decision was more around: do I wait on Derek Carr and see to bet his health and playing the Giants versus uh, Trubisky and Indianapolis? Um, obviously, to be honest, I didn't didn't have a huge deal of faith in in Derek Carr at all. So uh, we will be out Trubisky and hope for the best and his score wasn't great, but it was sort of around his projection. So um, yeah, it's probably not uh, the hardest one. Of the, I think playing all the wide receivers is, is where I felt I had a little bit of upside to be honest with Jacoby, amon Ra, Rasheed Rice and Jordan Addison. Uh, I know Addison and Rice have been typical rookies sort of up and down, but I felt like they're both uh, coming into really good situations. Uh, Mullins being the fresh QB and Jefferson coming back from uh, injury, I wasn't sure how much time they would have had together or how hard he'll be get open. And if anything, all it does is draw attention away and Addison becomes a little bit more of a, a side piece like I was hoping he'd be a little bit more this year. So I uh, was pretty stoked, obviously, with um, with their outcomes. But the one that uh, I know Manny uh, had a lot to say, I actually offered him in Joku for not very much heading into the playoffs when he uh, when Mark Andrews went down. Uh, Which he politely declined and said, No, I don't need him. And now he had to start. uh, Well, it was Hunter Henry before the injury. And I can't remember the bloke's name today. Tanner Uh, Hudson Hudson.
0: for 1.7 or something like that, I believe.
2: Yeah. So uh, that gave me a little bit of joy. I know I've deferred from one game to the other, but that made me pretty happy.
1: Well, uh, as it would, you know, and he got absolutely <laughs> peppered. And it came out during the week that he stubbed his toe during the week, Jake. Mm. So it was a big fight back from a stub toe. And we know that <laughs> a stub toe can
0: take <laughs> the best of us out. So fourteen targets is absurd. But I think I mm. brought it up maybe a month ago that he has the best run home of any tight end in the league. Uh, then you throw in the fact that Joe Flacco's just at the helm there, who is going to throw it 40-odd times a game. It's a good recipe, and sure enough, 10 catches, 104 yards, and a tutty on top. He's had back-to-back 20-plus weeks now mm. um, and has another fantastic matchup this week, uh, which is awesome. So <laughs> hopefully... Uh, yeah. Well, not hopefully, actually. Let's keep it just purely <laughs> to last week. I don't want to jump ahead here. But, yeah, I mean, you've probably got... Not probably. You did. You got the upside of just about every player. It's funny, yeah. and I was chatting to Kenny about it um, after your matchup last week that probably two of the players that I would have thought would have been the safer floors would have been Zeke and Saquon, and they were probably mm. your worst performers. Just Zeke especially yeah. with what he's been doing and the fact that Ramondre's out and the fact that they're passing on offense is just absolute trash. Um, to only get 11 carries was a bit of a surprise, but you'd Turns out you didn't need him because everyone else stepped up.
2: Yeah, I mean, you sort of uh, alluded to it pretty well on pod like the last couple of weeks. My team has um, found really good situations in the second half of the season. Like I think uh, Zeke obviously becoming number one there. New England are trash, but having the opportunity to be the number one and get that type of volume and is more or less the complete opposite of Zeke's career where he's been the workhorse and driven into the ground. He's been more or less protected and then he played sort of 50% of snaps throughout the whole season. So he should be relatively good to go because normally you get good three, four weeks at a season at the beginning of the season. And I'm hoping those three, four weeks are now to close the year out because I'm pretty sure he's only on a one-year deal. So uh, he'll probably be looking for another team come the off-season. So he's got a fair bit to play for, which is uh, exciting. Uh, and then Rasheed Rice is probably the other one um, who's really sort of, mm. of fallen into a role I was hopeful for uh, when drafting him. of, so I, I think you remember, I think I was sitting next to you, Benny, when I made the pick. And I wasn't stoked about the pick of Bryce at the time because I hadn't seen enough where I was like, okay, he's going to be a star. He just tried to find the guy who's hitching himself to Pat Mahomes and hoping yeah. for the best. And, uh, and opportunity-wise, yeah. n-
0: not many people there that were going to get in his way. So it was like he's t- for the taking, wasn't it? And he sure... Sure as shit has taken it the second half of this year. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and they keep comparing him to Armin rice St. Brown, which is um, very, very delightful, uh, if you ask me, because I'd love to have two of them. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, just,
1: just don't trade one for Leonard Fournette and Elijah Moore, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speaking of trades, you know, were I'll, you going to talk on this one, the Zeke one?
1: Well, I was, yeah, and I think yeah. there's a couple of sliding doors moments with your team, um, specifically... Um, for last week, and I think the the Addison one was was one that was mm-hmm. uh, front of mind. Just in terms of you really liked him in the draft, and we could touch on. I think we touched on it before, but you know Rice and Addison looked like another two hits that you've hit on in the rookie draft. I don't think you've missed many um, at mm-hmm. all throughout your three three rookie drafts. But Addison was your man. He was the one you wanted. Um, Clearly, Thais at the time had all those picks sort of at the back end of the first round. And you're looking at Najee Harris, you're looking at Ramondre Stevenson to trade out. You ended up going with Ramondre or Thais wanted Ramondre. Just the the sliding doors of picking Addison who performs for you in that final versus Ramondre who ends up on IR and the beneficiary is Zeke, who you've got. So just an amazing fantasy god set up from the man. (laughs) And the other one that's probably a little bit, unheralded and not really spoken about is yes he hadn't been playing well but this was josh dobbs's team and he put in two stinkers in a row at the exact wrong time for my team because i was down to one qb and the beneficiary is nick mullins who you start against me again the fantasy gods have had some sort of they've got a sense of
0: humor don't they
1: (laughs) they do and then Ah. and then we won't even talk about jacoby myers throwing a touchdown when they're up by 50, um, which is staggering. He's tied to a coach that doesn't mind running the score up. But outside of that, as you touched on, Ben, like you said, Barkley and Zeke were the two that you'd think would have gone off, and they are the two that didn't. Everyone else scored for you, and some of them scored multiple times. So, mm. I mean... I mean, it is. This is fantasy in a nutshell for me. Like, it's just, and this is why I think the six seed, five seed have had great success because once you get there, we've spoken about this before. Once you get there, I'm convinced it's 80% luck matchups, you name it. You can have the best team all year. It doesn't really count for much unless you have a buy. And again, it's a little bit why a buy is so important because you can just avoid shit like this. Mm. Um, and you know, good like you score one seventy, good luck to you. Like it doesn't matter who I was playing last week or who Jake was playing. He was advancing yeah. just with the way it went. So it didn't matter. Um, it just so happens it was me. I mean, the same thing happened with Manny and Thais. Like most people would say that Matt had a stronger team throughout the throughout the year and his team was in better form leading up to last week, and we'll mm. get to that game in a sec. But it sort of counts for fuck all well want <laughs> to get into playoffs, and that's yeah. fantasy for you. That's average, why we keep coming back.
0: Average points for your team, Keeney, this year. 135 average points for Jake, 120. You score 123, he scores 170. So 50 points over your average. doesn't matter how you do it. Just get it done at the right time.
1: And the other thing is, like, as we've touched on, he's drafted really well. Rashad White looks like a really good pick. Um, Amon Rasenbrand, he traded for. Rashid Rice looks like, as we've talked about, he's got that sort of role. Um, Addison looks like his value's gone up. So... You know, credit to yeah, you've you've had a bit of luck along the way in terms of your QB situation at the right time of year and a few different plays. But you've drafted well, you've snuck into the sixth seed. You're never worried about wins all year. You're always worried about just getting in and see what happens. And you played the high variance play, which is what you got to do. Like I like McCaffrey still scored forty. Let's not forget mm. that. Like I needed McCaffrey to score big after what was happening. He did that. It's just the rest of my team went like shit. Um, mm. You know, so um it's just the way it goes sometimes one uh yeah
2: and
0: i think oh sorry go jake
2: no i should say like that that's been by no secret my sort of thinking the entire time heading into this league which is that i've lost a lot of uh fantasy playoffs we're talking about it obviously i've lost a lot of fantasy playoffs having what i thought was the best team in the league and this has always been around knowing and understanding the league just getting there is the most important thing and the points the opening up of a position just purely for points of everyone else left over has, since you won, when I started tumbling about halfway through the season, like, fuck it, just score enough points, to get there, and then hope for the best. And it's been uh, a pretty half-decent uh, strategy up until this point, I think. Well, with the with the
0: sixth seed the way it is, right, it is the of the rest of the teams, after you seed the one to five, it's who's got the most points of the rest. When you've got three, potentially four teams openly tanking, you're only competing Mm -hmm. with a couple of people at that point. So you've just got to be better than that small handful of people to limp into the playoffs, Mm -hmm. get yourself in a position where you've got players who can get good matchups, have high variance, and they just hit at the right time and that's all you need to do. But like another sliding door moment here, uh, you had a lot of players, Keeney, who probably went well and truly under their standard Pollard is one of those. Jake, you just happened to trade Pollard over to Keeney. Um was it this year? Yeah, it was September. Yeah, this so year. um just another opportunity there to to just throw a player who you knew for a fact would just underperform in this exact week when you were going to play against him. So that's very, very that's a good long game played <laughs> by you right there.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think I had that kind of foresight, but it what it's what gave me the confidence to trade three running backs this season in the hopes to get a little bit of stuff back, knowing that I only had to compete with really one or two people for the opportunity to get back in. And all I wanted to do, I want to be very, very clear. Now that I'm in it, obviously, you want to try and win it. All year, I just wanted to make the playoffs because Papa has my first round pick, and making sure that wasn't a lottery pick was everything that I was playing for, all of my motivation heading into now. And now that it's even further down the line, Nothing makes me happier than the potential that it could be the eleven or twelve pick for Papa. So good. So I think a lot
1: of uh, I think a lot of teams are thinking that way. There's some good rivalries and I know Scooters yeah, Scoot, is Scoot
0: was by. one. Scoot didn't yep. trade out his assets till literally the eleventh <laughs> hour of the season, so it could impact his draft pick as much as possible. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, so it's good to know that your motivation is just fucking over Papa as opposed to winning yep. a third championship. That's the luxury position that you're in, having won what you've won. Sliding door moment for you, Keeney. Not that it really mattered for much, but you uh, you made the conscious call to bench London just due to that weather game. Just He had his best game ever. Uh, you made the right call there, but you were tossing up between Douglas and Godwin. Went with Douglas and Godwin was the play in the end. Um, sure was. Yeah, that's about it for you, unfortunately, mate. That's about it. Yeah, no, Godwin.
1: well, Godwin had a bit of a knee injury all week, and yeah. um, to be honest, he hasn't had a great year. He's been really inconsistent. Mm-hmm. He um he pulled out his best week of the year, so um yeah, it wouldn't have wouldn't have mattered, I don't think, in the end at all. Well, I lost my fifty. So before we move on to the next uh, next game, you did say just sort of your strategy is in this league, just get in and see what happens. Well, you moved to seven and one in the playoffs all-time, Jake. So a pretty incredible record over a a four-year period. Um, The only league member to be in the playoffs every year, as far Mm -hmm. as I'm aware. Um, And before I uh, move to the next game, the Grouse now moves to zero and three in the playoffs (laughs) all-time. So I'm not uh, thinking about that too much, but I've been straight setted three years in a row. Yep. <laughs>
0: two game. two years with a buy, one year without a buy. That's uh, well. We'll move on to a game. But one of the blokes who had the buy this week um, is the only person to have successfully knocked you off in the playoffs, Jake. So there's a world mm. in scooter scooter language that uh, the two of you could face off in the final for this year, and he might be faced with the prospect of having to be the only person your uh, your kryptonite in playoffs. So that could be a narrative that could play out, but we'll focus on uh, last week's matchups here. And that is the Johnny Unitas sensible haircuts, 145, defeating the Prestige Worldwide, 107. It's exactly what you said before, Keeney. Manny averages 124, scores 145. Matt's averaging 133, scores 107. Just a real down week. uh, And you have to start with Bijan putting up a negative score for him. It's the one that he put all his chips into. Matt had a plethora of draft picks to really bolster his team. He'd won a title, then accumulated a shitload of picks. What he did with them was a mixture of drafting players and also trading them for proven assets. And uh, probably on the flip side of yourself there, Jake, where you've basically gone bang, bang, bang on every one of your picks, it's a bit of a hit and miss for Thais. Um Bijon... You can't question his talent and going all in for someone like him. You can absolutely question his situation. And that was a bit of a debate we had on the pod last week, talent versus situation. When you got Arthur Smith at the helm there using him the way he does um, in an offense that is always going to struggle when it's either Heineke or Ritter uh, behind center, it's, it's got to be a source of frustration for Matty Mack who went... How many draft picks did he use to move up to the one-on-one? Was it two? Or three number ones? I
1: think it's three.
0: Yeah. So mm. it's a lot. It's a lot of assets for this bloke. And, you know, he's finished as the running back 12 on the season, which is still a good return. But I think he was hoping for like a Saquon Barkley rookie style season with maybe even
2: more upside to that. Yeah. I, was, I, I think that the Bijan pick is uh, it's really, really tough because he was the absolute superstar, darling, and sort of the most notable running back really that's come out in in years to take that high of a pick on a running back that so hasn't been done in the NFL for quite a while. Uh, this is the Atlanta effect and this is the um, Arthur Smith effect. Like he is, uh, he must hate fantasy. That's, that's all I put it down to. He's just got these players in and around him uh, where he just refuses to utilise any of their athletic ability. Um, the Bijan pick would scare the absolute shit out of me moving forward as well But I don't think he's going anywhere. They're unfortunately having too much success actually legitimately uh, with, I think, it's a, little, you know, a mediocre overall roster. But they're looking at the playoffs at the minute, so they probably think that they're going okay. So I'd be shit scared about what that looks like moving forward for him. And you brought up the average points, though. I think it's a tough one to, to go off on the year because I don't think there's too many weeks where he had to start Gardner Minshew, Jalen Warren, Chase under an injury cloud. Um, He's still got got guys like uh, Josh Jacobs on the bench, Ramondo on the bench, T. Higgins on the bench, Darren Waller on the bench. Like his team's been a little bit makeshift, but his depth overall is really, really good. I think he's probably the unlucky one uh, throughout the year because his overall talent squad and age of uh, player as well is so cherry ripe. Like I wouldn't be too nervous if I was him moving forward. Obviously... Um, Manny sort of loaded up and planned to compete this year and and has enough scoring potential that he got the job done. So I don't think I'd be devastated if I was Matt.
0: Yeah, he's certainly got the right pieces in place across the board, doesn't he? And, you know, Darren Waller was one that, you know, with the trade to the Giants, he was hoping for far more Mm. upside for him. He had an injury-riddled season. The Bengals' situation with Matt has just been a bit of a dumpster fire, a little bit of what you've been dealing with, Keeney, with the Chargers. You know, the stacks are great, but... When uh, when things are not going their way, you you feel that effect, you know, threefold. Um, he happened to bench T Higgins, who was probably his only bright spot, or would have been his brightest spot uh, for the week. But how do you have the confidence to know what Browning's going to dish up? And they were pretty late sort of scores from T Higgins in the end. There, um, Evan Engram's been fantastic, whether you want to admit it or not, Jake. He's had an unbelievable season, but had a down week when Matt really needed him to uh, step up, you know, on the back of what, a 23 and a 32, <laughs> a bloke who doesn't catch touchdowns. He's caught three in, he caught three in two weeks and mm. then uh, goes back to sort of his regular 6.8. Um, Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of frustration. Gardner Minshew did what Matt needed him to do. Josh Allen's the one who's probably um, been disappointing for Matt there in uh, ripping out a, 16 when he really needs a player like him to be scoring 30s to, to compete or near enough to. Cooper Cup did what he had to do. Etienne, he's starting to drop down a bit as well. He had a fantastic sort of start and middle of the season. He's had a pretty ordinary back half, and his is probably kind of coincides with that Jacksonville offense. They have started to fall away a little bit based off the first half of the season. What are some of your thoughts on uh, this
1: game, Keeney? Well, this was actually if you actually sort of take yourself back to this game, Matt was in control of this matchup. Mostly mm. we had the we had the Sunday games last week. He had the Steelers, so he had Minshew, Warren, Deontay Johnson, like mm. all, all the players that he played um, started really well. And I think he was sort of like a 70% favourite at some point. And then sort of Baker Mayfield went off um, and scored 30. So that really flipped the script. Hunter Henry scored, you know, 20. mm Jared McKinnon scored 15. Yeah, he had to start Sky Moore. Didn't have Tyra Hill. Didn't have Mark Andrews. Um, still put up 145. The other one that's really interesting with these two in, in particular was just, I don't know if you mentioned it last week, but just they um, has traded Kyron Williams to Manny for a second rounder. Um, he's a running back four on the year at the minute. There's some... I was talking to matt yesterday and there's some people that believe he's a top five running back dynasty asset which i don't necessarily agree with but there's no doubt he has had an incredible year and they use the absolute shit out of him so that's been an underrated trade um from Manny. he's been he's been one that doesn't really believe in spending a lot of pedigree on running back um and and quite frankly it's sort of paid off and you look at sort of both these both of these playoff matchups, it's the unheralded players, not the superstars that are getting it done. Baker Mayfield traded in mm. during, the, during the year. Um, you know, we talked about Kyron Williams, Will Levis got the start. Um, Jared McKinnon just sits on his bench all year, comes in and scores 20. You know what I mean? So the, this is playoff fantasy football for you. Um, sometimes you need good opportunities at the right time and the right players missing. And um, that can be really frustrating for if, you, if you're playing at Bijan who scores less than zero. You um, just think, well, what's what's the fucking point of, yeah. of this game? But um, that's just what it is. So, uh, interesting comments about Arthur Smith. Um, I think you're right. There's a good chance he sticks around. I hope for my sake, and it's interesting we're all in the same division, but myself, Tim, and, and Thais, who have, um, you know, Bijan, Pitts, and London, um, all in this should be focal points of this offence. But you think they're going to look for a veteran QB option. And that's the best chance, I think, for all three of them to at least take a step forward from a fantasy point of view because if if they don't have a good QB and they're dealing with Arthur Smith, they've just got the situation's horrible. So Kirk Cousins? Well, it'd be a great uh, yeah. result. I was going to mention him. Fantasy managers would be pumped with that. But the Achilles
0: when he did, was it an Achilles he did in the end? Yeah. yeah, I mean, just about any old QB didn't Achilles this year, it feels like. But yeah, when he did it, it just sucks for his prospects for next year in terms of when mm. he's going to be able to actually start to compete. So I reckon that would have been a prime pickup for Atlanta. That would have been probably someone that they were circling. I don't know if there are many other free agent QBs out there or veterans, but he certainly would have been at the top of a lot of teams' lists who feel like they're maybe just a you know, better than game manager style QB away from really competing. And sure enough, you know, Atlanta doing what they're doing with Ritter or Heineke right now. Um mm. they're they do feel like one of those teams. You know, and Jets obviously felt like they were in that situation and we'll wait and see if if they are when Rodgers comes back. Um but yeah, would would have been an interesting pickup if he hadn't got injured in the style that he did when he got injured as well. It's a bit
1: unfortunate. Well we're speaking with the Kirk Cousins owner in Dynasty, so that'd be nope, Jack, yeah, be a good landing
2: 100%. spot. I think it'd be an awful oh, no, it wouldn't be if Arthur Smith is, is still there. I still don't <laughs> believe that like, the, the game style itself lends itself to anyone being super fantasy relevant or, or productive, but um, I'd be very keen to see where he can land. I do think that it'll be probably the second half of next year where he's actually able to compete. I'd, I'd love him too, but I just don't think he ends up staying in Minnesota. I think he does end up finding a new home and they move on to, to somebody else, whether it's Dobbs or they have a competition and, or draft someone in, I'm not really sure. But I, I do. I can see a world where he does end up on a roster. And then just for as so happens, half of the year when someone goes down, Kirk Cousins can step in and uh, be very, very uh, fantasy relevant for not only whatever team it is, but the legal team as well.
1: Well, I was going to say, he's a dollar one to be starting in the playoffs for week one yeah. next year. Probably, <laughs> probably against the grouse, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and I look well, forward to that matchup.
2: Don't qualify as a three seed again, because I guarantee I'll be the six. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but I reckon the only other, other point on his team, which you touched on, and I'll, I'll put my head up and say I got this guy completely wrong, is Kyron Williams, absolutely. like? I think that's one of the all-time trades. that again, I think everyone thought it was more or less fair value at the time. Uh, but Sean McVeigh loves this bloke, and we've seen him ride. Yeah, It's not going to be a long time, but it'll be a fun time for Kyron Williams there uh, at the Rams. So he will absolutely ride into a grand girly situation where he gets the ball 35, 40 times almost a game, it feels like, either through the air or on the ground. Um, and he looks durable enough to at least do it for a couple of years, and he loves it. He's very good. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I, the... I that incredible. It's the... I thought it was incredible. I thought he was crap. Anti uh, Arthur Smith almost, isn't it? That just yeah. having uh, McVeigh as your coach just guarantees that you're going to get not only touches, but the right touches. The way that mm-hmm. bloke schemes for skill sets is yeah. he's got to be the one of the best coaches in the league. He's unbelievable. But a fun fact as well, and Keeney, you'll like this one, Stafford, I saw the other day, I think Schefter put the tweet out that, um, so I think Calvin Johnson holds the single season receiving yards record. Um, Stafford was his QB. Uh, Cooper Ooh. Cup won the Triple Crown. Stafford was his QB. And Puka is like 100 yards off getting the single season rookie record with Stafford as his QB. So nice, uh, nice QB to have with some of those receivers. He's playing really well,
1: actually. Yeah. He's playing really well, considering sort of he had a real down year last year and came into this year sort of with a few questions. We well, started the
0: neck sort of talk of his injury. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, that's a bit of a bright spot. Hopefully he gets through the rest of the year without getting injured and he's back again next year.
0: Before we move on here, we did mention Baker Mayfield and and Manny was on the podcast last week really just sort of talking about how much he does rate Baker Mayfield and was part of the reason why I traded him in. put out a 29 this week, Keeney. Would you, if you had your time again knowing how things were going to pan out, would you just maybe have held fire on that trade?
1: Um, No, because – I'm really happy with what I got back. Um, I think London's going to be really good. And it's, it fits my age profile of what I'm trying to do, um, especially in receiver. And reality is I thought, you know, Stafford and Herbert would be there for me. So I'm yeah. playing him anyway. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I I think you look back on that one and it's a pretty fair trade. I don't think... You know, who knows if there's going to be a winner or a loser in a couple of years' time. But right now, I think both teams sort of benefited from doing that trade. Yep. Um, it is what it is. I don't think, even if, so if I had Baker, I still would have lost. So, um, you know, fun, that's
0: what it is. fun fact Baker's been on all our rosters. Um, I was going to say,
2: <laughs> everyone.
1: You started with him, Jake. No, no I did. I, did. I, I, did. I got, yeah,
0: gave yeah, him to I Camo and then Camo to Jake, Jake to you, you to Manny. Um there you go village bicycle yeah, that's crazy maker. It's
1: about five teams yeah yeah well
0: is he, uh, he, he is good has he got uh, to the DFF yet? no nah, because then he would nah, just he remain on his roster wouldn't he <laughs> no, <that's true. laughs> we'll, we'll know when he lands there because he won't go anywhere else <laughs> uh, although to get him he'd have to trade so it's probably zero chance to, uh, to get him on there alright any final thoughts before we move on to this week
1: not really. Don't you think it'd be a great analysis to look at how many startup players every team's got? Like I, I mentioned the stat last week, in lieu of me not being there. The DFF, we have to we have to make a mention of him because that's what we do every week. But what you do, to have eleven players from your startup, Jake, surely no one's got more than two or three.
2: No, nah, maybe four. Uh, I certainly don't. I know eleven that to, for a fact. Hmm. So I've all through mine. Yeah, I'll just quick because I've got, I've got players, Zeke.
1: If my players have two bad weeks in a row, I'm thinking, how can I get rid of this bloke? Like, <laughs> How can you have 11 from the start-up? Do you have Todd Gurley still, Jack?
2: No, I don't. <laughs> so, ironically... One I've of just them, got I've rings. Got, I've, got, I've got two, and one of them, though, is Noah Fant, who I just picked up off the scrap heap. Uh, count. He's been <laughs> Yeah, correct. I don't think I can count that. So, it's just Zeke. Yeah.
0: I've got four. I've got four. Nick Chubb, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Lamar... And Brandon Ayuk. Are the fool oh, I've sorry. I,
2: li- I also have Drew Locke, who is basically Will Levis <laughs> reincarnated. So
0: <laughs> hey, He looked all right, though, the other day.
2: There is a soundbar. You'll be able to find it on an old, old pod. And I said this, and I, this is the most factual thing I've ever said. I knew Drew Locke was fucked when the DFF texted me one day saying, I love Drew Locke. He's a gun. <laughs> And I literally put a line through him that day, going, "Oh God, what he's have I lose done?" A starting job here, and sure enough, see you later. I
0: might <laughs> put the um, knife in him. I might get the DFF to just send you some messages about your current players, just if that's what it takes. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind that one. All right, well, let's move on to uh, our preview for this week. Oh, well, said with all due respect, that's not, that doesn't mean
1: you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean in the that. The Geneva Convention. Look it up.
0: All right, and two games, obviously, to worry about. It's where our uh, our teams who are on by, myself and Camo, are into the fold now, and it's Camo's team, the San Diego Demons, taking on the Johnny Unitas haircuts. It's two uh, two good mates, Keeney, just going head-to-head to get into their first-ever final. Um, they've gone very quiet on the chat, and I, I wonder if maybe they're just torn a bit of uh, wanting to put down their opponent, but obviously... Uh, just caught between a rock and a hard place. What are your thoughts?
1: It's an interesting matchup. Well, as we currently stand, so what are we Sunday afternoon? uh, I think four, three
0: games played?
1: Yeah, three games played. None of them have anything from the Bills or the Chargers. Although they come, I'll be watching because he does love his Chargers, even though they're a disgrace. (laughs) Um, But we currently have sort of 70% here for the San Diego Demons and, this is fantasy in a nutshell as well. Currently, Manning's projected for 109, um, and that's with Tyreek Hill in the lineup this week. So having to start Tanner Hudson, as you touched on uh, before, Jake. I mean, yeah, Baker rips out of 30. Will he do that again? Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders has to come, in the, come into the lineup with Jerick McKinnon yeah. out. So his depth and Sky Moore, who he started, and Hunter Henry, who he started. So his depth is really being tested this week. Um, I think it's a little bit underrated how many players he's got oh.
2: that
1: are injured mm. at the minute. To Sean Watson, it's Mark Andrews, Hunter, Henry Sky Moore, Christian Kirk, Michael Thomas, Jerick McKinnon, uh, Will Levis, Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> he's um there's there's for good reason that his death's being tested, but um it's just a matter of can he hold on and hey, can don't, he be competitive.
0: You right? love you love to go into the taxi squad as well. Throw Dolchich mm. in there. Sure, Stetson Bennett. <laughs>
1: Why not? But like Willis, <laughs> he's got to be injured, doesn't he? Uh, oh, healthy scratch, yeah, <laughs> uh, health, health, healthy. Yep. Um, so Tim Tebow, look, he's still got he's got enough firepower. He's still got enough firepower with Jefferson, Tyreek, uh, Kenneth Walker. He just needs this is obvious, but he needs multiple touchdowns from those guys. Touchdowns can just change, just can flip a script as you as you would well know, Jake, and. You know, your, your Jacoby Myers getting two, your Addison getting two. That just changes the complexion of everything. Um, so, you know, would it, Justin Jefferson's playing against Detroit's defense, who hasn't been good this year? Um, you know, mm. we know what Tyreek Hill can do. This, whilst the projection doesn't look pretty at the minute, he's got, you know, a 40 burger type players in his lineup that can, the variance is high. So you just never ride him off. But at the minute, it looks like Camo is in a really, really strong position.
2: Yeah, I reckon the projections can go in the bin. To be honest, mm. I'm not looking at this one at all, thinking that this is a blowout. By illustration, I actually think that there's more. I'd have more fear as the Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Smith owners, to be honest, going into this week because the Giants are pathetic. But something happens late in the year in divisional games, in particular, where strange stuff does happen, and the Eagles have not been doing. What they did in the front half of the year. If they have a, a, like a, a really tough day at the office, or Jalen Hurst does in particular, and if he like that's a high projection to match 23 mm. into a 12, I can see those scores being flipped. Like Baker versus Jacksonville, he's not going to score 13. Like I'd much be more confident in 23 out of Baker um, than I would necessarily out of out of Hurst. We know what we're getting out of Jefferson and Tyreek Hill, but Say Flowers is the one because unfortunately Miles Sanders is. 4.9 is generous for, for Miles Sanders. He's <laughs> he's absolutely fucking garbage. Um, but Zay Flowers is the one. Cause I, I'm actually really confident that Baker will do a lot better than that. But if Zay Flowers gets into the end zone against San Fran, um, I think I think watch out, to be honest. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people, uh, certainly the projections have it at the minute.
1: And, and so Manny's going to have to post a score here with mm. Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith doing the chasing. Yep. Now, it is Giants week. And we know what that means. And that means when we're on the one-yard line, Camo's going to be like, you beauty, we're going to rush this one in with Jalen Hurst. No, no. Boston Scott's Boston coming Scott. in. <laughs> a little one-yard tuddy. <laughs> Do you know how frustrating that will be? I can just see it already.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Going to projections as well, to your point here, Jake, they got Tyreek with a 15. That is yeah. as conservative as he can get. I know he's coming back from injury. The bloke has put up a sub-15 twice since week five. Like, he's a freak. He's a, and I don't care it's the Jets, and I don't care that, you know, they've got a very good defense. They've got nothing to play for right now. So, you know, you could almost put that in the bin too of strength of schedule and all that sort of nonsense. The the Dolphins have got a lot to play for. The Jets have got absolutely nothing. It's
2: divisional. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. And there's records. Because they, they don't, don't um, mistake the fact that Tyreek chasing down a receiving yard touchdown total offensive yeah. record yeah. Um, that and means a significant yep. amounts to Mc, these players individually.
0: McDaniels is the type and, of coach that will, will oh, try and honest, push for yeah. that too because he's just all about his players and he's all about you know, pushing for those individual accolades for sure. Right and the, the other sport. part
2: of it I was going to say is there's uh, like the little asterisk that goes against a lot of records these days because of the extra game. Like him having now missed a week, he can go out and turn around and go beat that record and be like, I missed the game this year anyway. Yep. Uh, I think that means sniffing him out. And if it means he ends up having uh, another child this year to another woman, then it's <laughs> so bad. But, wow. <laughs> did you see that? That's the incredible. Week? He's
1: had three kids to three different ladies this year, right? <laughs> <He's, Yeah>.
0: This <laughs> year alone.
1: A, they call him the cheater. Well, he is quick.
0: <laughs> he's very, very right. quick.
1: <laughs> hey, um, like, I've got a question for both of you without notice. Mm. Um, we'll... we'll We'll put it to both you that you, you know, when I ask you, Jake, you, you you're going to beat Ben this week, and when I ask Ben, he's going to beat you. Who would you prefer to meet in the grand final out of these two?
2: Who can go first? I don't know. Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm first
0: of all, I'm not going to win. Um, I no, just, let's not There's, there's no game. point in no, that, even I'll, trying to hypothesise something like that.
2: I'd much prefer to play Manny because my first round pick this year is Camo, so I'd much prefer him lose, uh, and then uh, play Manny. We're talking uh, rings here, mate.
1: We're talking about when
2: oh, it makes no difference because Chris, if I mate, if I get through, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got no concern about taking him in the third ring. It's just if I'm there, it's, it's unfortunately over for either. <laughs> <Jesus> okay,
0: <Christ. laughs> you've got to, yeah,
1: no real preference.
2: You've got to say health
0: wise, I'd prefer to take on Manny. Just because he yeah. is his depth is well and truly being tested. If he gets a lot of those sort of players back, like a Hunter Henry and all that, then it's kind of a coin. It's oh shit! It's a absolute coin <laughs> cost. There we go. Um, what? Yeah, I'd what say health some, based,
1: Manny. What about? You okay with playing Manny in the final and him definitely, definitely starting Will Levis against you, Jake? Even
2: better. Perfect. Fucking oh. perfect. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Playing
1: twice. Uh, twice. Yeah. Good luck to you. What an idiot. Oh, what a
0: loser. <laughs> That's been anyway. sitting on my soundboard forever, and I don't think I've ever had a chance to use it. Perfect timing. Um, I, oh, fuck, there was, actually, I was going to bring up before, Keeney, did you mention when we were reviewing your, your game with Jake, pulled out the 170, did you mention the last time that he'd produced a score? Uh, I didn't. Of that nature, it, it,
1: it, it pains me. It pains me to go through the archives and look that up. Um, but you did, it was, I did, it was week two of year one, Jake. It was four <laughs> years ago that you pulled out the 170, so I'm glad that you did it. You actually pulled out back to back 170s to kick this league on, league off, and coming from a redraft background, all of us. We were like, what the fuck is one seventy? We haven't seen we haven't sniffed one twenty for five years. And this new bloke's just rolled out a couple of one seventies. How good's this bloke going? Haven't haven't reached those heights yet, but uh here we are. Year four.
2: Good time. Reaching to speed, Reach into the bag, absolutely. Fucking yeah. fantasy gods. I think the best thing you can say now is the last time I did it was last week and not year oh. So
0: <laughs> Yep, recency <laughs> bias at its best. Um, getting back to, we've had a few players uh, kick off, more so in this game than in the other matchup for this week. Uh, the Demons currently sitting on a 40 and the Haircuts mm. on a 23. And that's, the Haircuts have had three players play and so have the Demons. So already just off those three players, he's got a bit of an advantage here. I, uh, I'm i just looking, Najee Harris, obviously well above what you'd expect out of him these days. That's a very good turnaround, the 13.8. Um, I think single digits is, with the occasional double-digit upside, is what you'd expect out of Naji, So that's worked out well for him. Mixon, that's a bit of a down game for him, scoring an eight. Uh, and Alave for Kamo having a fucking beautiful game there. And that was, you know, I, I guess turns terms of match-up and everything was in Alave's favour. I think he was well-poised for a fantastic week this week, and he's sure as shit delivered um, on the and, flip side. Um, oh, sorry, go, Kenny.
1: And I was, no, I was just going to say the master of trading running backs uh, on the pod, Najee Harris, another prime example, Yep, traded at the start of this year, um, you know, running back three in his rookie year, running back four. and, and So running back three in his rookie year where um, Jake has him and then trades him after running back 14. Now running back 30 on the year. Um, knows when to hold him, knows when to fold him. Mm. This bloke, but um, can see when there's some danger signs. So, Knighty needs to score; otherwise, he doesn't score that mm. much because he's not. Jalen Warren's taking all the receiving yep. stuff, and even like Calvin Austin. So, um, for him to rip out a a thirteen point eight to get get the touchdown, I think that's why the projections have got it the way it is because he's got mm. points on the board. Come
0: out, yeah. You know, and if you just compare, obviously, the players who have played, and it's nice because, you know, you've had both starting uh, running backs play. So Najee sort of holds his own against Kyron Williams. That's got to be disappointing for Manny. Um, For a player like Kyron, with the scoring that he's been having, you were hoping, or he would have been hoping, I think, for over 20s. He only pulls out a 16.4, only just a fraction ahead of Najee. He would have been looking at those two going, I think I've got the edge there. And then Kamara having the down game, was pretty disappointing. Uh, he was pretty well poised for a nice week too. And, um, you know, it's just slightly outscored by Mixon. So you'd almost call those two a wash. And then it comes down to Alave versus Hudson. Well, Hudson was, you know, scraped together. Hunter Henry out doesn't have any depth there with the Andrews injury. Um, so the 1.5 is, is probably the biggest difference right now versus the 18.8 to Alave. But, you know, Jefferson could absolutely match that. Tyreek could absolutely match that. Um, I think you pointed out, Keeney, that Matt was in the box seat after the early games last week and then uh, those Sunday slate games just change everything and touchdowns are a huge part of it.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, no, I, I'm sort of with you, Jake. It's The projections say one thing, but this is game on and I don't think Camo's sitting there feeling relaxed about this. It's certainly not over. Um, so we'll wait and see to see what happens with the haircuts and the
2: demons. Nice. What you know, I've uh, seen Gabe Davis just scored uh, just uh Yeah, we'll get to that. Patch.
0: We'll get to that in a moment mate. But um <laughs> what what is going to be what does Manny need to happen to win this matchup and what does uh Camo need to happen to win this matchup? What are the main sort of parts of him who wants to go first?
2: Uh i can kick us off because uh, I feel like I've already um sort of mentioned it. I think uh the Eagles having a shit week um, when Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith get caught up in a bit of a dumpster fire uh, in New York there, I think that'd be great. But then on the flip side, I think Baker Mayfield absolutely explodes again against Jacksonville. I think if you see those two things happen, um, which are not, I, I don't think they're just like these crazy odds either. I think that uh, Baker in particular uh, is the type of guy that gets on rolls. Like, I think it, like if you go back and look at the end of his rookie season, Last six, six or seven games, everyone was like, holy shit, this dude has arrived because he went just bang, 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 week after week. Uh, the fact that they've got playoffs in the line, he's playing for his sort of career yep. and he's got a pretty good run, I think that's uh, a recipe for disaster for, for Camo because that would be cool.
1: <laughs> mm. And I think, I think I misspoke before saying that Hertz and uh, Devonta Smith we do in the chasing. Well, that's not actually true because they Flowers... Mm. Be doing the chasing for Manny. So, you know, if he's within twenty, where it's a game <laughs> on against San Fran, it'll be a high scoring game, Baltimore and San Fran. They're both defenses are, you know, San Fran's an unbelievable offense, but they can leak some points. Like the the um Cardinals put up, you know, thirty points on him last week. So mm. like, you know, he might need to he might need to score Jose flowers, but if he's got a lead of twenty, I wouldn't be too excited by that. Like you can just see what's gonna happen. So I think some fireworks forecasted there for that last game, San Fran v. Baltimore, Tuesday afternoon.
0: All right, before we move on, who are your tips going, uh, who's going to make the Empire Bowl final?
2: I'm going to say Manny just because I hope it's Manny.
0: Right, so you're going with your heart, which served you pretty well in the fucking playoffs, but uh, <laughs> go Keena, who's your pick?
1: No, I'm, I'm hopeful it's Camo. Um, I think if you go and I'll say the same thing for the next matchup, but I think if you you go twelve and two and get the bye, a part of me thinks you deserve to be there. So I'm going for come on this one.
2: Yeah, and I Can think I just, Yeah, go. Ahead, mate. No, I was just gonna say with that with that, you know, getting twelve and two and earning the bye. I think Benny, I found the same website you did, and if I had his record this year, so his schedule this year, my team would be eleven and three. So that's you could take his great record and put that in the bin too.
1: Well, if you were eleven three, mate, I'd love you to get in the granny, but you weren't. You weren't, so. But I'm going to get off. in the.
2: But I'm going to get in the granny anyway. So what are you do about it?
1: It's yeah, true. <laughs> Righto, let's talk about it. Uh, well, firstly,
0: I'm going to tip the. Uh, I'm going to tip the demons as well, and more so. My thinking here, outside of the buy and the record, is the bloke just is great for the league, and there's plenty of turnover in his roster, um, and I think that needs to be rewarded. So him making the final would be a fantastic thing because we know for a fact if he makes the final, uh, there's not going to be a safe person on that list. They're all getting turned over in the offseason.
1: You know, you could also argue that he's the most switched on out of all of us because he's the only team that hasn't got his retro logo still Sitting there with a the demon says, you know what, this is business time for Camo. This he, isn't this isn't retro fucking old school shit anymore.
0: He changed that. We called it retro round and the second that that round was finished, it was straight back. He put <laughs> his logo like instantly. So he was onto it and the rest of us have just kind of gone with the, uh, I'm liking the old school logos. I reckon they're pretty good. But uh, we'll move on to this matchup. What do you reckon, Jake? And that's the Park City Lions taking on the OJ's Legal Team. It's a divisional matchup here. In fact, the uh, the division that's absolutely representing right now. Seventy five percent of the teams left from the same division. Last week, we just absolutely went and el- eliminated the Vontae Mack division. Get out of here. There's one left from the, uh, is it the Sunny Weaver Jr. division? Yeah. And then uh, three in the Bo Callahan. Still rolling around. So. There is a world, Scoot, in which uh, your division or Scoot's division could be an all-encompassing final. Um, So we'll wait and see how that plays out. But, yeah, currently, as it stands, you've had one player play here, Jake, and uh, he's had his best game for the year. So, of course, that happened to happen. Um, In Derek Carr, just pulling out the 24.96, and it just happened in the final two minutes as well, which is fantastic, just rips out the two touchdowns. So, um, of course. But, you know, on the flip side, maybe you didn't pray enough to the fantasy gods here because your darling, Gabe Davis, didn't have the confidence to start him and, as we speak right now, is currently sitting on four catches, 130 yards and a tutty for a score of 21 just sitting on your bench. Um, Mm -hmm. That would have been, you starting him would have been classic you.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. uh, Oh. I actually didn't give him much thought. I I thought more about Shahid going into the week than I did about Gabe Davis. Uh, Because Gabe Davis has a tendency to score absolutely zero. So his boom or bust is literally as bust uh, as it gets. And I thought to myself, this is not the week for that. If I thought the variance was between 4 and 24... I might have given it a go, but zero to twenty four is probably not what I wanted to do.
1: Yes, Kings. No, I was going to say you you talked a little bit about shooting for wide receiver upside against me, and you know if you copper if you copper bust and so be it for the appeal of, of reaching the boom. But I'm with you. Like I've looked his last of his last nine games, six mm. of them have been under two. Like yeah. just how the fuck can you? He's start coming that off
0: back to back goose eggs as well. <laughs> like it's yeah. not instilling confidence in you. I'll get no. Nah.
2: No. And like I said, I, I, I like seriously considered trying to go with last week's tactic and starting Shahid with uh, Derek Carr this week. Yep. Um, but thoughts myself... Like, yeah, obviously just opted against it, thinking that there's enough potential boom in the receivers that I've got. Uh, and Njoku. Njoku sort of come out of a little bit nowhere, like we touched before. I think that he's got another really great matchup. tight mm. uh, end premium. He gets an opportunity. It's 14 more looks at it this week. Like, I probably don't need... All the guys being boom or bust, so Zeke and Single Terry get the nod this week in the final. Well,
0: you spoke about it in the chat earlier today, um, taking aim at you know a couple of people in this league, but saying you know having depth, uh, it might surprise some people that there are some quality scores that could sit on someone's pine here. But it's a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? In that you've got genuine decisions to make, um, and you have to choose. And then, sort of like when you choose. Uh, I think I brought it up a few weeks ago, the ice cream flavor, and then you have instant buyer's remorse going, I kind of wish I got that flavor instead. When you see these scores on your bench um, after the early games and go, shit, I probably should have started them. But who would you have started them over? Singletary's having a fantastic late season run. Zeke's got a fantastic position with Ramondre being out. Rasheed Rice, he's absolutely in the box seat in Kansas City. Addison's come off a two-touchdown performance. You've got um, Amon Ra, you've got Saquon, you've got White, who's just sitting as the RB5 on the season, it, who gets squeezed out, and that's the, and you mentioned Njoku as well, who you obviously have to start at uh, tight end, but mm. it's it's a hard choice to make for these boom and bust type players.
2: Yeah, uh, it was only the flex, Is the guys that, like you mentioned, the flex that obviously were on the potential block, but... Um, you know, and I'm sure Keeney's heard this plenty in uh high press situations in the a f l but pressure is a privilege, and it's something that Papa has no idea about, nor the d f f so uh it is it is definitely the position I'd much prefer to be in having to make those big calls because it means you're alive and it means you're in it uh the fact that they're dead he says more about them than the uh than the latter
1: they're dead it's also it's also <laughs> like Gabe Davis scores zero. I don't know if we would have heard from Papa saying, well done, not starting Gabe yeah. Davis, Jake. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I think it's pretty easy in hindsight to go, what the fuck didn't you start? The old Davis backseat Davis?
0: driver, Papa
1: pretty, pretty standard uh, sort of stuff. But um, I'm just looking at this matchup, boys, and I'm sure you're aware, Ben, but you've got six of your 10 players playing on Tuesday, Ben. Yep. Where were we? <laughs> are you just going to have a look at what score Jake posts There's just get set for it. He's gonna be in front by a fair bit and you're just gonna to have to hope that you Mahomes in your your San Francisco and Pacheco's playing, which is good. Lamar Jackson, you got some firepower to chase the score down, but will you will you be watching intently on that Tuesday? I know Camo might not be watching. He's not a he's not a big watcher watcher Camo. He likes just to have a look at it after it all mm. it's all said and done. It it can be excruciating, there's no doubt about that. Are you going to be tuned in on Tuesday counting down the points?
0: Well, yeah, I'm looking at a way of maybe I bench Amari Cooper for like Odell just to really double down on the, uh, the
1: <laughs> Tuesday scoring
0: and just always feel like, you know, maybe I can celebrate my Christmas and just feel like I'm still a sniff. Um, yeah, I'll be tuning in absolutely. Probably won't be tuning in as much on the Monday with uh, with Christmas happening at our place. So I'll, there'll be a bit too... Uh, it'll be on in the background, that's for sure, but... Um, I'll try and be a social butterfly and not be on my phone all day. Uh, so the Tuesday games are—that's pretty handy because I'll—I'll be watching it pretty closely. But I can't—I can't remember who in the league has said it. Might have been Camo that you'd prefer to just have the points banked rather than sit on the hopeful what ifs of you know oh what if Kelsey catches a touchdown from Mahomes and you get that stuff. It's—it's all pie in the sky. You just bank the points. My hope would be that Jake's team probably puts up like a 110 to 120 because at least that's not like a an insurmountable score to be chasing down. If he's putting up 140 and up, that's going to have some serious sphincter tightening moments for me. And I might genuinely just put the phone away and, and do a commo.
1: I'll give you the tip, mate, whether you score them first or last, it doesn't fucking matter. It's if true. It actually doesn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for, hey, Jake. Mental health thoughts, matters, uh? Uh, true. No, there's no doubt about that. I agree completely. Um, now, let's talk, let's talk Mullins. Mullins mm. v Heineke. Was, is there any thought process while you're on the shitter? Fuck, maybe I'll maybe I play Heineke this week. You know, the squeaky wheel, they've run the ball. They need to get London more involved. They need to get Pitts more involved. Is there any chance that you thought, hmm, Heineke's a sneaky play here. Can Mullins do that again?
2: No, unfortunately not. Um, Mullins is locked and loaded. What about uh, about DeVito? You
0: said the Giants are going to just have maybe, you know, their classic division round. He's got the potential to pull out a big score.
2: Yeah, but I've got Addison. And so with with me having Addison, I like the fact that Mullins has got a really great matchup. Um, They're going to be throwing the ball around, I think, quite a bit. Uh, Because, like, Ty Chandler, they've got a pretty good run defence, Detroit. Like, they're they're a little bit... um, susceptible through the air, but a really, really good run defence. I think for them to be able to compete in that game is going to be a fair bit thrown. So I can imagine Hawkinson, uh, Addison and Jefferson all all sort of having opportunities at least for big games. So that's where my uh, head is at. And so that hasn't really been too much of a consideration for me. Uh, now that the flex is sorted, I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm, tell you now, I'm locked and loaded uh, for the rest of the weekend.
1: And what are you worried about the most on Ben's team?
2: oh, that Las Vegas don't turn up because if Las Vegas don't turn up and Kansas City have a feast, uh, I'm fucked. But I actually do think that they've been, uh, Vegas defense has been a lot better over the last couple of weeks. I mean, last week's probably not a great one to go off because it's an anomaly. Um, but if they can uh, tighten the screw on Kansas City, that's the game that I'll be watching because if that happens, I'll be pretty um, – I'll be grinning,
1: I think. Are you worried that Kelsey probably, for his standards, hasn't been as dominant? Like we haven't seen a twenty from him for which sounds ridiculous, but we used to see twenties from him every fucking week. We haven't seen a twenty for him from him since week seven. Mm. Is it? Uh, is, is, is is Taylor just zapping Bailey, zapping all the energy out of him, or what is actually going on? Or is Father Time having an impact here?
2: Yeah, I I don't know if it's either. Uh- uh, Tay-Tay or, or Father Time, I just think that they are um, they haven't been anywhere near as good. Uh, and he's getting like triple coverage type of thing through the, over the middle, which is why guys like rashi Rice are having a little bit of uh, opportunity come their way. Uh, I think that he's going to be just fine and I think he'll be right. For Although have you heard there's a fair bit of talk that he might pull the pin at the end of the season, which I hadn't heard of at all yeah. until like last two or three weeks?
1: Like he's playing in a prelim, mate. He doesn't need that lumped on his shoulders as well. He's look at the mood from our podcast host after dropping the bombshell that tells no, this is it. This it could doesn't... be his last ever game for the Park City Lions, mate.
0: Nothing about that surprises me. I think the whole, you know, circus of the Taylor Swift relationship has uh, well and truly shone a light onto his career post football. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he's probably looking at looking through that lens as well. I don't give a shit. If he does pull the pin, if he gets me a ring, fuck, (laughs) who cares? But right now, all I'm looking at with Kelsey is, I agree, this is the fact that he's not sitting as tight end one with daylights between Mm. number two, that's an anomaly and that's a rarity. However, I'm a big believer that the cream always rises to the top and I think that Christmas Day, he knows he's going to have all eyes on him. It's against a Mm. division rival in Vegas. I, I think that... I reckon, you know, Vegas putting up the 62 or whatever a couple of weeks ago, if that is a shootout, and I'm just looking at a few of my matchups here, and my big hope is that they're shootouts. You know, obviously, San Fran, Baltimore Mm. want it to be a shootout. Um, Vegas and and Kansas City for the Kansas City side, a shootout would be fantastic. You mentioned before that Baker's going to go off. I hope that Evans is on the receiving end of that. Um, Yeah. You know, and if Justin Jefferson goes off, I hope it's not on the back of Mullins, um, which it probably would be. But maybe he throws a few picks in there just to offset that. But yeah, there's a lot of um, game script I think is going to play a huge part, and it does every week. But on, Je- I mean, when you've got your eggs in mainly two baskets for your whole fucking roster, the Dallas Miami game as well. Hopefully, you know, mm. there's a, there's some big big prime time sort of games happening here, and uh, you just hope that. You hope that the, the offences that have got them there, you know, have actually got the ability to, to rise to the occasion here. And then on the flip side there, you've got plenty of players that could do it for you. So it's, it's going to be a frustrating watch. And I'm with you, Keeney. It doesn't matter when you score the points. I might just uh, save myself the, uh, the pain and just look at it towards the end and go, all right, how far off am I genuinely from this?
1: Yeah, just to... Just to stir the pot just a, just a little more, just because I just feel like doing it. If you cast your mind back 12 months ago, I think Ben, the exact same position as you're currently in. So coming off the. Jake already knows where this is going. You're coming off the buy. Who do you play? Jim. Yep. Is that, is that right? Yep. And, and, and what did you do that week that you haven't thought about since? I benched Kittle, who pulled out the 20 burger.
0: Yeah. So what's oh, I know going what on you're there? going with here, but Kittle. Last year had put out back-to-back 20s and I still benched him. <laughs> uh, so, this year, his recent form is a, a 7.4 last week and a 16 before that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's in consideration. I've got a Murray Cooper currently sitting in there. He's sitting on the bench. Odell, I don't think I could play Odell or Thielen, but they're obviously situational-wise. They could score as well. Um, but... I think I learned a valuable lesson from last year, and it's just play your stars and don't overthink it. Um, and That
2: doesn't I, include Kittle?
0: Well, right now, no. I think Pacheco I think- is a greater star than him. I think Kelsey is the greater tight is end. Is Pacheco out? No, he's
1: no. back in. I'll tell you what, just in, in my opinion, without... You're a shitster, mate, so like, but In my opinion, if Derek Henry wasn't playing at home, if he was on the road, mm. I think there's a... There's a a conversation there where I'd play kill over him. Yeah. He's been good at home, but on the road, it's been shit this year, hasn't
0: he? It's so hard as well when you're trying to look at those flex matchups with it's like tight end versus wide receiver or running back because so many Mm. rankings don't rank for tight end premium. Um, Mm. And it's really hard to sort of gauge, well, what is the – what's the safer floor? What's the higher upside? So – I don't know. I, the way that Debo's been playing at the moment, I think that he I, he should be getting the most targets in that offense. You'd be silly not to if you're Brock Purdy and and the like. So hope that maybe Ayuk gets a couple of bombs on top of that. Maybe takes one to the house, and then you know Kittle can always have the potential for a two touchdown game, but um, he hasn't shown it last week and the week before. So you know that's just. Keep riding the hot hand. Amari Cooper on the Browns with Flacco throwing 50 times. I think that's where it's currently at for me. And I'll, I'll live and die by that decision, Jake, with that fucking smirk I, on your face.
2: Well, the, the, the smirk genuinely is that I don't think that Cooper and Flacco have built like this great rapport. And if your if sort of premonition is right that the Ravens versus 49ers game is going to be a shootout, I think you'd be silly not to have as many eggs in that basket as possible, <laughs> wouldn't you?
0: I don't I don't really care what your thoughts are, mate, on that one. But uh, coming off the back uh, of eight targets for 109 yards and a touchdown, I reckon that's a pretty good rapport. So, well, we'll I'm good with this, that. Remember this conversation and he'll, take those, uh, he'll take those targets away from Njoku, which would if, be even better.
1: If the listeners were wanting to know what playoff fantasy football experience looks like in podcast form, you're witnessing it first. <laughs> huh? This one is niggling away. Niggling away in Freeline Week. Just that just in the subconscious, whether it sits in there or not, it's just gonna it's just gonna fester. And this is this is what happens when you've got too many good players, Ben. I've been through it myself. You've gotta make decisions. These shit cunts that just fall (laughs) in. You've just got so many shit players that just gotta play someone. So we actually have to make decisions, man. I'm good because he benched
0: Gabe Davis, who's having (sighs) the best game one oh, of the best games of his year, if not career, sort of game here. And he's benched him. So, um, I've already won. Yeah. Oh, I won. love that. i oh, have <laughs>
2: already won?
0: I've already won. It's happening. I don't care. Oh, I don't care I what projections so say. Projections have got you ahead.
2: Yeah, projections go in the bin. Don't, don't worry about projections. Don't right. worry about that at all. all right. not- in all
1: honesty, are you both comfortable with where you're sitting this week? Would you tip yourselves if you had to? Like, no. What's the, the headspace at?
2: Oh, I no, think, I, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be
0: tipping me. Really? Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. I think you've got to back your team in. We've both got the types of teams that could score big. It's just Ooh. whether they're going to score big in this given week. Um, Jake's already started to look pretty nice there. Left some points on the bench, which might uh, might come back to haunt you. But, yeah, I mean, really the final four teams that are left and even the teams that got eliminated last week all have the potential to score 180s. Um mm. And yeah, it's just fucking luck at this point. So let's leave it. Uh, let's leave it up to the absolute time cost, um, and hope that in the end—not ideal, but not catastrophic either. Just had to get a few mm. little sound grabs in. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna back my team in. Uh, I'll be frustrated if if game script doesn't go in their favour, but you know, it's just riding the bumps of fucking fantasy. And then I've got this smug guy who's just sitting comfortable because he doesn't care because. He's made his trades. His team's still in this position. He's won two rings.
2: No, that's a good point. Yeah. No, no, I I, probably wouldn't be... Uh, I'm certainly not super confident just at the moment, only because of a couple of big, big games, like I said. The, the Chiefs uh, Raiders game is the one that I'll be watching. If that goes Benny's way, I think it'll be good night. And then if that goes horrifically for him, I think it'll work really, really well for me. So... Um, even even with the forty ers Ravens game, I, I think I probably agree with Benny. I reckon it's gonna be a, an absolute shootout. Um but uh the 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 Vegas uh one is the one's Yeah. It's keep, no, I'm not gonna say keeping me up at night, but it's certainly the one that I've been thinking What's, about a lot.
0: What a couple of years ago was that was the game that Kelsey caught caught four touchdowns or something like that. Three or four touchdowns against the Raiders. So if oh, that happens yeah, possibly that'll be
1: uh That'd be pretty nice. Could be be Rashi Rice this year, catching three or four touchdowns.
2: Yeah, that's honestly the the Rashi Rice play is uh, sort of an upside hope. To be honest, if he if he goes and pinches everything that the uh, the Chiefs do, uh, that'd be an an enormous advantage uh, for my team. But no, in all honesty, I think that uh, the Benny's team probably been, if not the best, one of the top two pretty much all year. So me winning uh, would be. Uh, a little
0: bit of a, an arse, so it, to speak. It would be fantasy well, in a nutshell. That's what it
1: would be. Yes, it would. <laughs> and it blo- like the rice nut blocks. Mahomes a fraction, like not you know not to the extent where you you know mm. Mahomes getting thrown around and he's still got Pacheco. So if the Chiefs score forty, you're in trouble. Um, but at least you have got a, a slice of the offense, I think. Yeah, which is which is important when you're coming up against Ben, who's got the basically the rest of it. So <laughs> um, yeah, that should be that should be a, a pretty pivotal game. But I'm sort of with you, Ben. Like I think. You've basically been the best team for three years, um, mm. regardless of what the rings say, in terms of like scoring points. And I think you deserve to get to a granny. So um, I'll be hoping that you get in there. And, and if you do, it means we've got a new winner this year. So I'll be That's pretty true. keen for that to happen. So good luck to both of you. But uh, I'll be going for the Park City Lions. Raw.
0: <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, hopefully that was somewhat entertaining listening for the last 20-odd minutes where it was basically Jake and I just trying to get inside each other's head. <laughs> but um, nah, thanks for jumping on the pod, mate. It is Christmas Eve. It's uh, plenty going on in your household at the moment, so appreciate you being able to take the time to step away and uh, record this stupid thing that we uh, have decided to do for about four years. We're coming up to some milestone sort of uh, hmm. podcasts in the coming season. I reckon by the time next season kicks off, we might hit our 100th episode or something ridiculous like that. So who would have thought that we'd be uh, sticking around for this long? Um, We are sort of constantly changing hosts around on the daily. But I appreciate you jumping on, mate, and good luck to both Manny and Camo having to sweat it out. Good luck to yourself, Uh, Jake. As much as I don't want you to be successful it's uh, not easy to get to these positions so not easy to also get yourself in a position to win three fucking titles within four years so it's a credit to how you're turning over your list there mate
2: uh, thank you very very much it's uh, always a pleasure it's my it's the fondest part of my week getting to listen to uh, this plaza jumping on is always a thrill uh, fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed for everyone. I just wanted to be a Bo Callahan uh, member, in all honesty, getting a win uh, in it all. So, good luck to everybody except for Camo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good. Uh, thanks, um, thanks, mate, for coming on. And Hod will be pumped that you've finally had some sort of league act- activity now that you're in the prelim. It's good to hear from you finally. Uh, <laughs> haven't heard from you for 12 months. And. Mate, enjoy this week because it'll be the last game of fantasy you play before you're a father and the fantasy world gets flipped upside down when that happens. So enjoy it, mate. This will be it. Um, And good luck to the other two as well and uh, look forward to seeing who we have in the granny EDL4. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Without him here, the uh, old resident doctor himself, podcast would say
2: get fucked over and out.